taking you on a journey for the pursuit of PPC. Welcome to PPC Rockstars. Get ready to rumble through the latest PPC news and views from around the blogosphere. Learn from our hosts and the PPC pros that will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. We're cashing in the clicks with the PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. Hey, PPC people. It's another episode of PPC Rockstars. And I have on today a, uh, a friend I've never met, a, uh, a new guest, first of many, I'm sure. Um, and I'm talking about someone that you've seen if you are, as I am, an efficient PC chat. And that is Mr. Dwayne Brown, who is the founder and head of strategy at Take Some Risk. Greetings, Dwayne. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. very well. I'm doing very well. Um, is there snow on the ground in Montreal? <laughs> yeah, we have, we have snow. It was a warm Christmas, but about two weeks ago it snowed, and now it's, it's a proper fall and winter. We'll probably get 20 centimeters um, this weekend, so there might be a blizzard in other parts of the, of the province of Quebec, but we do have snow. Wow. Well, <clears throat> as you know, we have sand. <laughs> which is also good which is yeah, also it's good also it's 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 nice to walk nicer to walk in barefoot let's put it that way so speaking of barefoot um we are going to talk today about a topic that uh, is neglected on my show and um that is uh life after facebook in other words um where do you go when you've tapped out on uh the the other ppc advertising platforms like Google and Microsoft and Facebook. And um, I'm, I'm uh, really anxious to, to cover these topics because of the fact that I do little or no life after Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you start? That's a, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of times clients don't always think about life after Facebook or life after Google. It's like, well, I'm on Google and I'm on Facebook and, and to some degree I'm on Instagram. Not everybody always knows that Facebook or remembers that Facebook bought Instagram, but they do and they own it. You probably notice it more now because in the last month there's this like when, at least when I open Instagram, there's a little message that comes up and says from Facebook. And I'm like, Oh, that reminds me that you're owned by Facebook. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They think it's a good thing, I guess, from Brandon. Um, but for a lot of our clients, you know, we start with either Pinterest or we start with Snap ads, formerly known as Snapchat ads, um, because they have sort of large, for how long they've been around, large sides of customer base. You know, I think Pinterest has just passed 300 million. I think there's about wow. 210 on Snap, um, at least since they've updated their numbers. These numbers are probably a good six months old since they've updated. Um, you know, sometimes if it's a tech or B2B client, we'll get like core ads. They're around, I think, 300 as well, million people. Um, so that's, that's, that's global numbers as well. So it's not just uh, in America, but I imagine probably half those numbers, maybe more in, in America, and then maybe like the UK or something like that's the next big country for a lot of these platforms. So, uh, okay, here's, some, here's uh, showing my ignorance. Um, so I have the, I have the uh, bias that I, I bet a lot of other advertisers do, which, which is Pinterest is, is all women and uh, Snapchat is all teenagers. So um, convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> 
I don't know if I want to convince you you're wrong. I like that there's less competition in lower CPCs. Having okay. said that, um, about I think it's, I think the stat is 15%. It might be 25, but 25. Let's say 25% of Snap users are 25 and older. Um, wow. And let's say 10, 15% are probably 30 and older. And that's a guess on my part. Um, so there's lots of people who are older that have an account. So it isn't just teenagers, you know, 13 to 17, 18 year olds. Um, that is where it started, but there's lots more young people because they've done things like um, event or live stream events with like Coachella and other big events that you're not going to see a 13 year old at because they couldn't get in because they can't drink, let alone get there right. on their own. Right. Um, it used to be mostly just women. It's how it started. But now because they've saturated that market, twice as much men as women are signing up for the platform in the last couple of years. 30% of the platform is men. There's a wider demographic. It's not just, you know, teens or tweens or moms. There's anyone from, you know, teenagers all the way up to people 35, 45 on Pinterest. So it is still heavily women, but I think the last that I looked at it was like 30% more men and it's growing at a really fast pace, whether it's, you know, straight guys signing up because their wife or a fiance wants to do like the wedding planning on a Pinterest board or gay guys are signing up because they want to like map out their new room after they've gone back from Ikea. Um, so there's definitely picking up on both those areas beyond what people used to think. Um, but I don't want to convince people of that because like I said, the CPCs are pretty cheap. Uh, it's a great source of traffic. It's great if you want to do like remarketing. You know, even if you just open an account just to remarket to your customers who have already been to your website, to remind them of their brand when they're on those platforms, it's a great place to be because, and I don't know how accurate this is, but Snap says 30, I think it's 38% of people who go on the Snap don't open the Instagram app on any given day or something like that. Um, it's a weird stat, but it basically says like lots of people use Snap who wouldn't necessarily use Instagram on a regular basis. Um, so they're great platforms to be on, um, and I love them. Okay. Let's start with uh, Pinterest. Does Pinterest have a self-serve platform, advertising platform? Yeah, they both do. So uh, I'll be the first one to admit it. I tell my Pinterest account team this all the time. Ad manager on Pinterest is like the ad manager on Facebook. It's it's clunky. It's broken. I had an issue for a week last week. I just got really fed up with the platform. There's no offline ads manager. Um, so you need to go in prepared to like have to work a little bit harder than you would if you were in like, you know, Google or, or something like that. But it's self-serve. You can spend as much or as little as you want. There's a pixel. There's tons of targeting, you know, keywords, interests. There's, you know, carousel ads, video ads. There's static pins. Um, you could do retargeting or remarketing depending on what school of, of paid ads you come from. Um, so all the stuff is there. The ad manager just breaks sometimes, which is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so when you say the CPCs are lower, how, how would you compare them to uh, Google's for keywords, for example? Are they half the price, quarter the price? Yeah, they could be like half the price. You know, they could be less than that sometimes. You know, obviously it depends on, on who you're going after. So one of the big demographics on Pinterest are parents. Um, so if you're like me and you've got a lot of brands that target parents, well, you're probably going to pay a bit more than if you're going to target, you know, single people or college, university students and things of that nature. Um, but even still, even if that's a competitive niche, it's still cheaper than what you'd pay on Facebook. And obviously people are going to go, well, Facebook's three point whatever it is, million, billion people now. Um, and that's great, but, you know, most brands are not going to 
have 3 billion people's customers, they're only going to have a slice of Facebook right. customers. And so like, how big is your Facebook user customer base versus the 300 million people you could get on, on Pinterest or, or any other platform? And of course, 300 million is not all your customers, but there's still probably a large enough base there that you could do something meaningful on the platform. So what, what, um, what kinds of uh, companies or industries would do well on Pinterest as opposed to, well, would do well on Pinterest, period? I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, so there's a few. So like really popular searches are on retail, auto, food, home, travel, beauty, and fashion. So if you're kind of in those verticals or areas, you'd probably want to be on the platform. You know, some good examples would be, um, I hate bringing them up because they're like a really shitty company, but there's like a way luggage, you know, they don't treat the customer service really people really well, but they do have a really good Pinterest board. Like it's focused on like the, the slant of travel and, and, and how you want to like live your best life possible. Um, and so other brands like Allbirds has a, has a board on like the environment and things of that nature. Uh -huh. uh, so there's lots of, lots of good brands and there are lots of things people search for, whether it's like, you know, beauty routines or recipes. Like I Google a lot of stuff when it comes to recipes and Pinterest comes up a lot in SERP. Um, if you Google like travel stuff, you know, it'll come up because people upload pins and stuff like that where you do food and travel. Gotcha. Speaking of travel, we have a uh, group of uh, traveling sponsors who need to get their messages in front of our listeners. So uh, Wayne, uh, Dwayne, excuse me. Uh, could you please stay with us and listeners don't go away. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. 
LPO, Landing Page Optimization, where we make marketers great using design, data, psychology, and attitude. Join our host, Brian Massey, best known as the Conversion Scientist, as he sits down with leading marketers to help you create campaigns that deliver. LPO, only on webmasterradio.fm. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. We are back with Dwayne Brown of Take Some Risk. What a great name. When did, how did you come up with that name? Well, I, it took me a couple of weeks, actually. And I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, where I've gone, where I've been, where I want to go, you know, what's, what threat has gone through my life. And, you know, grammatically, you'd say take a risk. But that means in life, you'd only take one risk, usually. Um, and I realized I've taken lots of, of, you know, big and small risks, some smarter than others to get to where I am. Um, and I also wanted clients to take some risks. Sometimes we sign clients, especially I think sometimes the bigger brands, and, and they're like, we want this and this and this. And then like you propose ideas and then they, they don't want to get outside of their comfort zone. And so I often tell clients, uh, the reason I name it Take Some Risk is because if we're in a plane and we're going to jump out of that plane with our parachutes, I want you to grab my hand and make the jump. And I've never skydived before, um, but the analogy still works because you, you've got to take some risks to get to where you are in life. You can't just like do one thing, stop, and then continue doing that thing. Expect to grow as a business. You've got to try different ad creative, different targeting, different messaging, different ad platforms, or sometimes even just like stop advertising on an ad platform because you don't think it's actually helping your business incrementally or directly. I, I hear you. And judging by the number of places you've lived, I guess you've taken some risks. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. So back to Pinterest. Um, would you ha, have you ever tried uh, B2B offers on Pinterest? I have not. Uh, not because I don't want to, just no clients had the budget yet. They're usually still trying to max out, you know, Google, Microsoft, Quora, Facebook, Instagram. Right. Um, but it's definitely something I would consider if I thought it made sense. That would be very interesting. I'd love to uh, let me know if you have uh, experience with that. and We'll bring you back on the show to talk about it. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, like we had a client um, that used to sell like, toys and products for people who are on like the spectrum or have autism um, yeah. they had a b2b side of their business but they were heavily e-commerce in terms of volume obviously like volume of sales um even though the majority of the revenue obviously came from b2b because they would sell to occupational therapists and things of that nature um and we did a bit on pinterest but not like from an organic perspective and definitely just going after more parents and stuff gotcha definitely something i wanted to try so um what do you know now about Pinterest advertising that you wish you had known before? Like, hmm, that's a good question. Like um, areas of the interface to avoid uh, buttons you shouldn't push because you'll get in trouble. Yeah. So I think the big thing is uh, there's like a mysterious click through it at Pinterest. So if you've got a campaign or an ad group and you're getting a bit of traffic, but then one day you come in and you see there's tons of traffic. It's like, Basically, you you hit this special click-through rate, which opens up the faucets of Pinterest, and you get more traffic. So I tell people, you know, check your campaign once a day just to make sure there wasn't a spike at any point, because the Pinterest team don't necessarily talk about it, and they won't tell you what this black box is. But like, the better your click-through rate with quality traffic, the more traffic you'll get. So that's probably the big thing. 
And I think because I spend, you know, 80% of our clients are e-commerce. I spend a lot of time thinking about shopping and you can do shopping on Pinterest now. You can do shopping on Snap as well. Is that if you've ever had problems with Google's Merchant Center or, you know, Microsoft vis-a-vis Bing's Merchant Center, the Pinterest Merchant Center, good or bad, is really easy. It's like, I thought it would be more complicated. And I guess it's one of those things like you've never done before. So you you overcomplicate the situation in your mind, but it was really easy to set up. Interesting. Um, those are two things I, I wish I knew. It's not a fancy merchant center. It's not like anything you get at Google. It's like super basic, as is the ad manager as a whole, but it's really easy to set up. Does it take the same feed? Yes. So there are a few attributes that are a little bit different. Um, how they break out the kids attribute on, on Pinterest is a little bit different than how they do it on other platforms. But 99% of what you push out to Google, you can push out to Pinterest. Um, you know, as an example, like we got a client who was already on Pinterest and we took the Pinterest feed, which is already taken from Facebook and we just put that in the snap and it worked right away. We didn't have to change anything. And that makes sense because everyone's just trying to basically duplicate what Google's feed is, all things being equal at 99%. So people can just port their, their feed over and get up and running really quickly. You know, it's like Microsoft. They, they make it easier to import stuff from Google because they want you to be on their platform and they don't want any roadblocks. Gotcha. So, okay. The Google, the, what, what is uh, exactly the difference between the Google feed and the Pinterest feed? And I don't mean, you know, field by field, but, um, uh, do you do you have to add fields to the Google feed for Pinterest, or do you subtract them, or what do you do? No, you just have to tweak one field. So there's a field where you can break out um, like a kid's attribute. So like okay. in Google, it's like babies and kids, but on Pinterest, it's a little more granular than that. So you just got to rename it so it works with their system. But other than that, and that's only if you're going to have like kids' products, obviously. Other than that, it works 100%. You don't have to change anything. It's It's super smooth. Gotcha. And then, then for Snap, uh, does it take the Google feed uh, verbatim or do you have to make changes to it? So we pulled our feed from Facebook that okay. the client had uh, and it took it 100%. There wasn't any changes. You could obviously add stuff if, if you wanted to because I did right. see a couple of attributes you could add on the Snap FAQ. And the Snap adds FAQ section is actually really well built out. It's aesthetically beautiful, but it's also really informative. Like one thing I didn't know until, you know, a couple of weeks ago was that, you know, most ad platforms will attribute the sale to when someone clicked on an ad, but Snap attributes the sale to the day the sale happened. And that's super interesting. I don't know why they did that change, which is very different from other ad platforms, but it's an interesting tip to know. Certainly. Okay, well, let's uh, segue into Snap. Um, what what is it? So they have a self serve platform. Um, yes, they do. Yeah, they do. And they I'm trying to. I've used Snapchat, and I'm trying to imagine where the ads appear. Where do the ads appear, or how That's, do they appear? That is it. Depending on who makes the ad, the ads can look really native, and you may not know what you're looking at as an ad. So ads appear everywhere. There is. The story ads, which appear in the discovery section. So discovery is like the news and TV show that's curated by the Snap team, so entertainment content. There are Snap ads, which appear between people's stories they've published, like your friends and things of that nature. And those two are, are different inventories. So if you advertise and use a story ad 
what you're advertising is a snap ad, you're not going to be in the other other section. So a snap ad can't be in discovery and a story ad can't be um, in the other section. So that's important to know. Like if you want to cover both stories and discovery section, you've got to advertise both a snap ad and a story ad. And then beyond that, you've got, and this is still in beta, but they announced you've got almost like dynamic product ads. So if you're familiar with Facebook, it's very similar to that. It's the carousel of, of your products from shopping. Right. It's got carousel ads as well, um, which again is, is very similar, or I should say collection ads, which is very similar to Facebook. Um, but again, that's that's in beta, so you've got to have like an account manager get access to it, but they've announced it and they're trying to make it better because they realize, as I think we all realize, you know, one thing about our industry, if you want clients who spend money, always spend money, always want to try new things, like e-commerce is, is the way to go because they always need help. They always want to try new things. They always want to stay ahead of the, the competition so they can like take more market share. Gotcha. Well, I have the same question about Snapchat as I did for Pinterest. Um, wh what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? Yeah, so the big one that I think everyone needs to know, and I'm actually going to be at SNX West uh, in February to talk about this, is you know a lot of ad platforms, you know, if you sign up for Facebook or whatever, you might pick your objective as like a purchase conversion or you might do like a sales catalog. Um, but on Snap, because of the way the system was built and the way the platform is built, you've got to actually get what is called a swipe up. So if you're in the app and you're looking at somebody's story, usually you swipe up to like basically click a CTA to go to, you know, their profile or a landing page or a website. So you have to get 50 swipe ups on your initial campaign over a seven day rolling period to actually unlock the purchase objective. And then you've got to duplicate wow. your ad sets uh, and then change the objective to purchase. So that's something a lot of brands don't really know or realize um, that and like the conversion distributed to the day the sale happened uh, makes it a unique platform. But if you've got a great product, it appeals to the demo, whether it's the under 25 or the older, over 25, depending on what you sell, you can get 50 swipe ups in seven days. It's not, it's not that hard. It's pretty achievable. Gotcha. Hey, speaking of swipe ups, we have to swipe up to reveal some sponsors for two of our shows. So, uh, Dwayne, hold on and listeners stay with us. PPC Rockstars. We'll be back after we click through our sponsors. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm.
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. The pursuit of PPC continues. Welcome back to PPC Rockstars. Here's your host, David Zatella. We are back in the home stretch with uh, Dwayne Brown of Take Some Risks. And um, Dwayne, let's spend the remaining time talking a little bit more about you. Sure. Uh, if you don't mind. That's cool. We can. Okay. Um, you have uh, uh, you, you, you have been speaking for, for very long. Um, wh- where can people see you besides SMX West, did you say? Yeah, so in February, I'll be at SMX West, which is in San Jose, or San Jose, sorry, if right. correctly. Um, Not a problem. I've, uh, I've never been there, but I heard it's uh, a cute city. It is. Um, so that's all I have right now for this, this year. I'm, I'm trying to, compared to the last two years where friends were like, where are you right now? You're never at home in Canada. You're always in some far-flung city or country. I'm trying to travel less this year to speak at conferences, but spend more time with our clients, like in their office, on-site, talking, thinking, noodling, working with them. Gotcha. So I'm going to be in New York at the end of February to talk with um, a couple of clients we have down there. I'm going to Toronto at the end of this month to talk to one of our clients we have there. You know, because I want, you know, A, it's always good to meet clients face-to-face. I think it's great. It, it builds a better relationship. Also, you get to learn things you probably wouldn't learn if you just do, like, lots of phone calls and, and Zoom calls and things of that nature. Um, so I don't have anything else booked for the year, but I'd okay. love to do... Um, you know, Hero Conference is a big conference for our, for our people, David, obviously. So I'd love to yep. do Hero Conference London at the end of the year. So I pitched that. Um, so I won't, I won't know probably for another six months. But that's my big, my big European trip for the year. Otherwise, I think it's just going to be like North America. So SMX East, I'll probably pitch again this year because um, I had fun last year. Maybe I'll pitch like State of Search potentially, which is in Texas, I think. Right, right. I, I do that one. So I look forward to seeing you there if you do. Yeah, I'm going to pitch that. I spoke in 2016 and I had a good time. Um, so I'm definitely going to try to spend a bit more time in, in, in North America with our clients and, and speak at, you know, three or four conferences uh, and make it the best, best darn talk I ever gave. Right. <laughs> hey, um, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. And I always say, like, go on Twitter because I, I spend obscene amounts of time on Twitter. So you could right. go and find Dwayne Brown on Twitter. And Dwayne is spelled D-U-A-N-E and then brown like the color. Um, that's one way. I'm pretty active on that. Um, you could just go to takesomerisk.com and we've got, like, a Drift app and there's an email and there's a, a form field you could fill out. You can email back to you, like, during the week, usually within a few hours. Or if it's after hours, the next day. So those are probably the best two ways. I sometimes have people randomly add me to LinkedIn and I don't like to add people I I don't know to LinkedIn or I've never met in person um, because it's, it's, it's weird personally. (laughs) I like people when they add you on Facebook, I'm like, I, I don't know you. I mean, maybe I know your husband or, or your wife or like we work together, but you're just a random person to me that I really don't know. And I really don't want to add you. Right. I get that uh, pretty frequently. 
So um, take some risk.com, not take some risks. So uh, when you're looking for Dwayne, don't use an S on risk. And it happens, uh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what else should, should we know about you and your company? Yeah, so I mean, we just focus on paid ads. So whether it's Google, Microsoft, Facebook, you know, Pinterest and Snap is what we've talked about, and obviously Instagram, um, and the other big services like conversion rate optimization. So like interviewing customers and trying to figure out why they're buying your product. So a great example actually is we went to Toronto early, you know, end of November for a big sort of arts and craft show that happens in Toronto. Um, and my client said it was a big event, but I didn't realize like how big it was in terms of like like how much revenue it drives. Um, I went to it as a kid, and so I'm familiar with it. But I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you actually make this kind of money at this event. Um, but I went, and you know, I met my client in person for the first time, and then I also just talked with some people who who bought the product, and they sell. Um, I don't think they're expensive. I own a pair. Ninety nine of what we sell is for women, but they sell bamboo PJs. And okay. so I just started talking to women and be like, you know, why are you buying? Why do you like about it? And one of the women said something really interesting to me. And she's like, you know, I some clothes give me, you know, irritation or rashes and stuff like that. And so I buy because it's bamboo and it's really comfortable on my skin and I don't get rashes, I don't break out in hives and stuff. And I found that really interesting. <laughs> nice. And I never would have known that if I didn't talk to a customer. And so now we're figuring out how do we add that into our ad copy? How do we target potentially Facebook groups or things? Um, where people have these issues to like broaden our reach of who we're going after. Um, and so that's the other thing we do is just CRO and trying to learn and better understand customers so we can write better ad copy, build better landing pages if we're doing them in Unbound, so just change the copy on the website. Um, and then some people just hire us to do like strategy consultants, like, oh, we want to keep our execution in-house because we have someone or we have another agency, but we think they're just okay and we want someone to like put them in the shape. And so we'll just consult and stuff and give give people my opinion, which I think is interesting because I sometimes find people will pay you, you know, two, 250 American an hour, but then they don't take your advice. And I'm like, why, why am I here? I mean, I like the money, don't get me wrong, but like you're not taking my advice and that doesn't seem like the best thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, get used to it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Anyway, that's going to be our last word. Uh, unfortunately, we're at the end of the the show. Uh, the fact that it went quickly is is a good sign. So, uh, thank you for your insight, and um, look forward to the next time you're on. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Anytime. And listeners, thanks for hanging with us. Come back in a couple of weeks for another episode of TPC Rockstars. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.